0: Welcome everybody and welcome back to Bit About Crypto. I'm your host David James, I'm the job whisperer and uh, once again I'm with my co-host Dave Hampton. How's it going? Robo recruiter. Why do they call you that, man?
1: Uh, because I'm relentless and yeah. apparently uh, I just I just go like RoboCop.
0: Yeah, and you're 6'6", six, six, and uh, when you come I I I pay attention. But anyhow, yeah, so we are we are the host of Bit About uh, Crypto. Bit About Crypto is a human interest story that talks about humans, people from all walks of life, and the one thing they have in common is crypto in some form, blockchain, NFTs, cryptocurrency, et cetera, et cetera. We uh, are the founders of Blockchain Recruiters. We are recruiters to our core. And we empower others by finding them the ability to do that thing they love and make daily bread. So, if you're out there and you actually have a uh, crypto project and you need people, you, you contact Robo Recruit over here because that's his side. And, uh, nope. he's,
1: Dave at blockchainrecruiters.net. Yeah.
0: And if, if you're looking for a job or an opportunity or a contract or a gig, whatever it is or if you just wanna talk about how you can repurpose your life as it relates to the crypto space, you call me, I'm David J at Blockchain Recruiters, or you can actually find me on Twitter, the BTC Recruiter. And uh, yeah, we have, we have so many opportunities. We have so many clients that have engaged us. They need so many people. And what we do, what separates us is we aggregate people in the crypto sphere, right, NFTs, blockchain, whatever it is, we, we aggregate those folks. when And we don't say that we know them, we know of them. Because knowing them doesn't really do us any good. It's like saying, hey, welcome to my house. Would you like bananas that I bought in March? <laughs> I knew those bananas then. It's like, you want bananas? We know exactly where to go get fresh ones for you. So there it is for a metaphor. So, um, yeah. So there are all types, all forms of... Uh, blockchain when we started blockchain recruiters specifically when we yeah we literally said Uh, We're going to recruit in the blockchain space. And we thought it was going to where the demand was for people hiring us for candidates was the corporate space like, you know, Litton Industries or Rockwell. They are going to start doing blockchain. There's, you know, some type of form of record keeping, right? So, okay, this is a good space to be. And, of course, there are exchanges and there's various, you know, cryptocurrencies for the sole purpose of how does somebody make more or, or accumulate more wealth and then here in 2021 now 2022 all of a sudden the last 7 months the world has exploded with nfts and the the nfts are this this great equalizer and if you can't think in 4d you're going to be left behind <laughs> don't you think i mean it really really well at least at me at 57 i got to i got to go back and i got to go i got to really stop and rethink and rethink. Yeah i mean something. what
1: i've been saying is, is is i mean i at at 20 years old when the dot com era was happening i didn't know what was happening right and so right now this is a way if you're 20
0: years old there's how do you how do you not know this is happening and get in it and this opportunity is like the opportunity of the millennial. This is the dying yeah, of the age so, of Aquarius. Yeah. Don't sleep through
1: it. Right. Don't sleep right. through it. You don't have to go to college to know about this. Yeah, mean, this yeah, don't, is, don't sleep through it. Not that I'm anti college, but you know.
0: But my whole thing, when I, you know, David and I were having a conversation, you know, and he, he uh, I'm sometimes a little uh, overambitious on ideas, and he's the conservative one. And I said I wanted to get in the blockchain space. And he was talking about the candidates. I said, a lot of the candidates can be repurposed, they will take what they know. And they will visionarily think about and see the next role they have, which brings me to my our, our newest guest, right? Today's guest is is uh, Brendan O'Neill, and he's the founder of uh, Sombra. And as well as Bonfire, but I think we're talking Sombra specifically today. But what makes him so interesting, and we're going to let him get into it, if you go into his background, then us, what's the first thing we do when we hear about somebody? Where do we go? LinkedIn. LinkedIn, we look them up, right? And this guy, you know, has the affinity and the panache for graphics and special effects. And he uh, has, uh, I think it's a verb and a noun where he nukes, right? We're going to talk about, uh, like, well, it's a software, right? Smoke, smack, flare, and nuke, right? And I, I'm assuming that has to do all with uh, versioning and tracking and things of, the, of those nature, but you to talk about it. So, with no further ado, let's welcome from New York City, Brendan O'Neill. Thank you so much for joining us on Bit About Crypto. How's
1: it going? Nice to be
0: here. And it's going really, really well. So, uh, first, just so we get started. Like, why don't you just talk about your life? Like, where I, I'm assuming you're from upstate New York. Is that correct?
2: No, actually. Um... I'm a military brat, so I've been, you know, kind of all over the place, but we've, you know, mainly East Coast, Southern East Coast, actually, like Virginia, uh, North Carolina, um, sometimes Maryland. Uh, My father was a doctor in the Navy, so, you know, just depended on what was happening at the time.
0: So, so, uh, yeah, I just saw Syracuse, so I just figured, is that where you started? So so let's just talk about your life as a kid. What were you into uh, when you were like grade school, junior high? What was your jam?
2: Uh, I was a skateboard kid, I guess, and I ended up doing video graphics and sort of, uh, I guess, premiere editing when I was 10. Uh, it came with a camera that my mom got me because I was really interested in filming skating with my friends. because that was a cool thing to do, even though we all sucked. And uh, <laughs> it sort of evolved from like a bad you know, hobby where I realized I wasn't going to be you know, a professional skateboarder for a variety of reasons into... A profession within, you know, tech, and you know, a, f- a love for film, but also sort of a, you know, desire to do more than just like, you know, call myself, you know, a director or you know, whatever it is. I think that we wanted to push boundaries, and I always found visual effects really interesting. And I, I never really knew exactly how to get into that field because it wasn't something that was really accessible to me. I guess at the time, the internet was more limited in terms of what it offered. I think. Uh, advertisement-wise, you know, schooling-wise, all sorts of things. Like, now you can get on Facebook and people, you know, can kind of find those resources. But back then, it didn't exist. So, I fell into it through editorial work and, you know, uh, advertising, basically. And ended up doing visual effects uh, when I moved to New York after college. And, you know, from there, it was just sort of all history.
0: So, I'm not going to let you uh, not unpack. You said about film. Let's let's uh, uh, you know I have a little history with loving film and having made made a movie, and so uh, let's talk about your love of film. I don't want to just brush over that.
2: Sure, Uh, I mean that's why we started making movies, I think, and why I you know kept kind of pursuing it in school. Why my mom uh, you know had a lot of stress and heartache thinking I was going to be a destitute you know uh, street artist or something like that. I don't really know what her thought process was, (laughs) but. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know, we wanted to be involved in that medium somehow, but didn't know exactly how, and you know, um, I think for me, visual effects was something where I found myself in hours and hours and hours of sort of endless learning, and it was sort of a time where I would lose myself, and just something where you enjoy it purely, and to be able to do that for work, <clears throat> while it has its pitfalls at times, I think was really uh, enjoyable. And so, for you know, film, you know, uh, obviously, I have a different perspective, I think, on film these days than I did then. But
0: film, <laughs> yeah.
2: film, when I was, you know, growing up, was obviously a way to escape, as it is for many people. Like Terminator
0: 2, like Terminator 2, probably like, wow. Like, like I, I haven't got the genre and the year right. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I think, I think Terminator maybe is what year?
1: 94.
0: Yeah. Like Like,
2: yeah, I guess that's kind of right. Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah. You were more about, Terminator 2 than you were Pulp Fiction,
2: right? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a natural born killer's guy.
0: That's so right. I mean, like, That's right. Written, uh, written, 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 by, <laughs> written by Quentin Tarantino, right? Go ahead.
2: No, I mean, you know, I just, uh, I'm more into, I think, you know, I, I like the visual effects aspect, but there's also a lot of times visual effects isn't even something you notice, but it actually is quite a prominent part of the story. Like, you know, rig removal or, you know, really like wire removal in the matrix, like, you know, all of those rigs that had to get taken out, which my friends actually had to do a lot of the work on. You don't see that stuff, but, you know, that's a huge component to like telling those stories. And I think that that's also a really interesting aspect of it is there's so many things behind the scenes people don't even know happened that, you know, when you say visual effects, you think about explosions, and you think about green screens, and you think about more traditional conceptual visual effects. But there's a much deeper rabbit hole there that uh, you know exists beyond what people know, and you know it. it the gamut is, is very wide. It spans you know color correction and you know, compositing and cleanup and versioning, and you know some really cool things and some really boring things, and like you know rotoscoping if you're bad, or you know if you need to be punished. Uh, which is cutting things out frame by frame. But um, yeah, there's just so many things. And I just, I think there's just an endless learning to be done. And that's one of the other really interesting things is that you never are done learning.
0: So when, you, are crypto? So when you, when you got out of college or decided you were done with school, what did you think you were going to be or do?
2: Um, I think I, th- well, when I got out of school, I thought I was going to do something in post-production, like editorial, maybe, like be an avid editor or be a, you know, at the time Final Cut, now it would be more premiere. So I thought maybe I would edit films or edit commercials. And I did do some of that, but I ended up falling more into the visual effects aspect of it because it was just more interesting. And I ended up at a company that is very well known for it. And a lot of the environment I was sort of surrounded by was, you know, very, posh, luxury, uh, you know, clientele from all the top agencies in the world. You know, uh, we worked on all the Super Bowl ads every year, you know, uh, tons and tons of them. You know, there was like tons of sushi. You know, the parties had uh, all sorts of different people from all over New York and the world and, you know, illicit substances probably after hours that I, you know, didn't stick around for. But that, you know, environment was really interesting, at least as a younger person in New York, and it really was sort of inspiring a lot of the times too, to sort of watch some of the things that were being created around me. And, you know, at the time, especially the equipment and the technology, the software, all of the components were exorbitantly expensive to the point where only really top-level companies could afford it. So the barrier to entry was so high that it was just like the place to be. Now it's much different. People can buy an iMac or a computer and go home, and some of the things they can do in their own house are, are quite impressive.
0: You said a lot. Yeah, You said a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, h- how did uh, crypto find you?
2: Uh, I was working at an editorial company doing visual effects. What in year? F- Twenty fifteen. Okay. Some of my friends were talking about crypto, and you know, doing the you know typical uh middle-aged 20s back and forth about what was going on in this space and I didn't know what it was and so I was really curious what this fervor was in, in the uh in the in the room and so I asked and they told me and I kind of started learning more about it and I started reading about it I started seeing not just the financial side of it but also the technology behind it and some of the actual applications for real world use and sort of I think one of my I don't know if it's my favorite quote but one of the more timely quotes of this time i think in terms of crypto that elon musk said you know is that you know, the only difference between gold and bitcoin is you know that you know uh, gold is basically you know irrelevant whereas bitcoin is is almost irrelevant you know and it, it's not it's not verbatim what he said but you know i think the point was that gold is really completely subjective when it comes to value whereas bitcoin and cryptocurrency and these things they actually despite you may thinking it's worthless in theory, there's actually a real technology behind it that gives it a tangible use case and a tangible value. That is something unlike a currency I think that we've ever seen before. And so I think that just that alone was so interesting to me that I, you know, fell down that obsession hole again, as I often do.
0: Yeah. Well also it's funny because uh, I would love for Peter Schiff and Elon Musk to debate because because Peter Schiff says the exact opposite. That, that Bitcoin is totally irrelevant. It's not it's not worth anything but gold, you know, you can put it in someone's teeth or something like that. But also the other thing that it's missing, the difference between Bitcoin and gold is you can take as much Bitcoin as you want to space. As much as you want. Not so much with gold.
2: Right. right? Well, it it kind of sounds to me sort of similar to the argument about like DVDs, where it's like okay, like, yeah, everyone loves DVDs. Everyone needs that physical, tangible product. You need to have a DVD. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to sell that movie to your consumers. And people are like, no one's ever going to just download a movie and own it digitally. That'll never happen. But yeah, here we are, and yeah. that's exactly where can wherever, you find wherever.
1: DVDs now? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you
2: can't. Like that's right. just, it doesn't exist, and so it's like you want to talk about what trends in technology are over time. If you look at what happens, it's just it's obvious where it's headed. It's yeah. not a question. Yeah. It's just obvious. I'm
0: I'm going to tell myself. So there are a couple of tapes of some people speaking that I respect, and and I had these CDs in the garage. You know how it is in the garage. It's like when your wife says, "Hey, you got to clean that up," and they they fell out. And I'm not going to throw these. <laughs> Out and I threw them on the front seat of my car. This happened in like the last seventy-two hours, right? And so, listen, I, I'm motoring on down to the golf course, and then I and I literally I grab it and I literally reach, and there's no CD player in my car, and it's I don't play CDs. I just oh, it just didn't dawn on me. This probably like three cars ago since I've had a CD player. Just I just it's just how how that is, and yeah, I, I'm looking old right now.
1: It was, it was one car ago. How do I know? Because I have that old.
0: Card. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that. So there's a CD player. There's a CD player. I, I, thank God. I thought it was crazy. It's you, not me. <laughs> Any, a, anyhow, so let, so that's um, so we let's talk about your life in visual effects. Visual effects. Uh, I, so we're recruiters, right? And and the thing that makes us really exceptional recruiters is not that we find the best people in a specific space we find opportunities that we love and we think others will love, and then we find those people that are loving what they are do. They just need to be repurposed if seat on the bus, right? And I can tell just, I'm a recruiter to my core. I can tell about you that you actually just, you always love this thing. You've pursued this thing and et cetera, et cetera. How did you go from like an avid editor? And by the way, I'm familiar with avid because you know we edited my movie on the avid. How do you go from an avid editor to the metaverse? How how did we get to that thing? And then let's, let's weave into that and let's start talking about your project or projects.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, how do you get from that to this? Well, I mean, visual effects found me young, so I, I segued out of that editorial role early on, which I think was really my direct connection into this. Because Unreal Engine, it's really weird how it all converged. But like, you know, as a visual effects artist and company, basically we've been doing a lot of real time on Real Engine Unity, a lot of work within that world. We've also now been doing a lot of motion capture. You know, one of our lead NFT artists and you know one of my good friends now, Demian Gordon. He's very uh, well known in the motion capture community and you know has pioneered visual effects on you know the Matrix films, was responsible for a lot of those fight scenes that were beyond human capability at the time. He's also, you know, been on uh, endless amounts of films, but regardless, you know the point being is that we've got a lot of specialties within you know, the motion capture world, uh, the real time visual effects world, and then you know obviously my love for cryptocurrency and you know the communities that surround it, and that all now has kind of come into one where you know the high quality of visual effects that we're used to is now coming into these real time productions, uh, and then now it's being driven through motion capture and things like that, which allows us to use our existing skill sets. Uh, to just literally translate over into this you know new amazing exciting NFT world. Stop
0: for one second. Stop for one second. I don't want to brush over this. Let's talk no, about no. your. Let's talk about your love for cryptocurrencies. I mean, let's. If you're going to mention that, then let's 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 talk about that.
2: Sure. I mean, I I like I said before, I love the technology behind it. I think that it's just really interesting. I think it's quite genius on many levels, and I think that it solves a lot of real world problems. And it's really quite, um, I think, uh, world changing. Frankly.
0: Mm-hmm. So, do you are there coins or are there projects that that are use case specific to you and the way you occur that makes you go, "Wow, I'm all about this," whether you participate in it or not.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of my. Favorite projects is Theta. Um, you know, I really like what they're about in terms of the technology behind what they're doing for, you know, a decentralized, you know, technology.
0: Tell our audience, uh, tell our audience about it.
2: Well, you know, I'm not sure if people are familiar with it, but basically Theta's, you know, well, you know, I haven't really been following up as much these days with projects as something of my own, but, uh, you know, I started to follow them because I enjoyed the fact that their are you know, prerogative or, you know, goals as a Cryptocurrencies is effectively to, you know, decentralize the streaming process and bandwidth process for people when it comes to, you know, sharing data, uh, video data effectively and gaming data uh, across the world, which basically means that, you know, through uh, staking of coins and running validator nodes and other types of you know, nodes that they have, it allows people to share bandwidth, share power for upload download uh, the ability to you know transfer bytes and things like that over an encrypted network, basically at you know speeds that are much more improved. Um, and so I, I thought that that was you know a really interesting thing. And then you know subsequently learning about Filecoin and some of the other types of more technology based cryptocurrencies I like I that one are a really lot. interesting.
0: I like Filecoin a lot, a lot. So there's a lot
2: of things you know I think that are interesting. Is- like that, um, I, and I'm just always about the utility. For me, it's always about utility, and of course, I have some of the top ten cryptos just because you know that's something that I you know, started off with. But I think for me now, I really like to look for other utility-based tokens. And my, one of my other favorites is actually V because I really love the concept of supply chain, and I think that that's one of the most applicable, obvious things when it comes to you know tracking transactions and data and you know situational things. And so for me, like you know that uh you know just in in concepts is just such a like you know uh good idea really that you know it just makes sense so as long as they are a good dev team and you know they're doing what they need to do you know i have faith that'll hopefully uh, you know be a big player in the future as well
0: are you do you have your uh no pun intended do you have your pulse on the new project pulse chain or pulse swap do you have any
2: awareness i'm actually not familiar with it okay
0: yeah then we'll, we'll pass on that so let's talk about your project because i'm excited to the what's going about to happen here on uh on the zoom call in, in in soon so just take that any way you want
2: uh yeah so sombra sombra network whichever you prefer to call it is basically like we said before the first visual effects company on blockchain uh we're an award-winning group of visual effects artists producers uh executive producers managing directors and, you know, just businessmen and women alike. And we segued into cryptocurrency sort of as a foray with our visual effects, you know, prowess and understandings and, you know, with Sombra, we've been able to sort of branch into the NFT world and metaverse world, and we're offering clients, you know, really awesome opportunities to sort of like become the portal for them into this NFT and cryptocurrency world. We do all the advertising basically as a visual effects company for PayPal uh, through Bonfire VFX, my uh, other visual effects company. And also we just did all of the NFTs for the NFL. Uh, They did 32 NFTs in partnership with Ticketmaster, which we did all of them, and there's more to come soon. So, you know, we're having great conversations with brands because we've already been working with them for many years. And, you know, it's been a great, easy conversation to sort of have with them about crypto and, and NFTs. And while many of them are reluctant, it's, it's definitely softer than you'd expect from, uh, you know, maybe an outsider or a cold call. And, you know, we're, we're able to sort of through natural conversations, through existing jobs, things that we're already doing. Uh, just flip flip conversations and, you know, and and give them information and just be a resource for them. And through that process, it's just led to so many opportunities. And I think that that is really where we also see the future is positioning ourselves as not just experts in digital creation, but experts in digital creation on blockchain and helping brands segue them and their company and their employees and all their followers into the NFT market and the digital collectible world, which, uh, really is going to play a huge role in how these brands really solidify themselves in the future.
0: So so uh, wave your crystal ball, your magic wand, whatever it is. Talk about what does the world look like as it relates to what you see from your seat as it relates to anything blockchain, crypto, NFT, whatever, in five years?
2: Um, well, I mean, I think that there's going to be in-home sort of opera you know, camera-based tracking methodologies that are gonna be able to track body and face and you'll be able to sort of embody different types of avatars, you know, you'll be able to enter into different metaverses through VR headsets and, you know, kind of augmented AR, you know, know, sensor-based things. I don't think that the AR aspect of it will be fully developed within five years. I think it's probably gonna be more like 10 or something like that before we really see like hardcore minority report type stuff that's really (laughs) integrated into society um but i do think that that stuff will come and it'll be progressive and you know one day we'll all wake up and we'll be living in you know cyberpunk you know blade runner tokyo and everyone's going to be like you know upvoted as you walk down the street or you know <laughs> or whatever it is and uh, it's going to be like an episode of black mirror so i, I think that you know in five years we're going to be a lot closer to like understanding what the metaverse really is yeah. and, like who the who the major players really are we're going to have some great new amazing technology that's going to be making waves and giving people really awesome new immersive experiences But I still think we're going to be at the cusp kind of of that emergence point. Um, We're going to be like in it, but I think that we're going to be kind of like walking through that gateway.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you this. It'll be what it'll be, but I'll tell you who it won't be or what it won't be. It won't be Facebook. I think the fact that Facebook just put out a a press release said, hey, we're metaverse. I I think they're going to go the way of the 8-track tape. I really or do. Yeah. yeah
2: Well, a lot of people are discussing that, too, in terms of their disdain for the company and also, like, comparing it to Omniverse, which is the NVIDIA-based Metaverse concept, which is a much more, I think, uh, corporation-based and, you know, kind of uh, connection-based infrastructure rather than, like, a flashy entertainment one.
0: So... Thank you so much for what you've given us. Now, for all of our YouTube uh, viewers, yay for you. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, it's not going to be as cool. So can you actually become that thing that we discussed?
2: Uh, I can, yes. Uh, I'll have to put something on real quick. Hold on for a moment, please.
0: So for those of you who are listening to audio only, he's got this thing around his head like a miner's light, but it's it's it looks like the Oneida sign, and it blinks fluorescently. And uh, he's got it on his wrists too. All right.
2: Can you guys see that, or is yeah, it blurry? It's a
0: little too blurry. Hmm.
2: You have the zoom filter on. I do, yeah. But I don't know how to... Oh, that one, yeah. That's why huh. Fair enough. You can you see it now?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. All right, guys. So I can't even describe this. I'm sorry, I can't even try this, but I'm I, I I, I watching a video game. He, he's That's in the middle of a video game. And, hey, and we're part of it look. We're on the screen at the top. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Go back to me, Travis. <laughs> Dave <laughs> Dave Hampton out. Of
1: course, yeah. of course. Of <laughs> course.
0: Dave Javes yeah. loves him some him. Yeah, my, I'm in love with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, this is fantastic. So he's become this avatar, and it, it does no justice for the, the narrative. And he spraying fire onto anything he can burn in his living room, which is like circa 2100, yeah, 2120, like 100 years from now kind of thing. This
2: is amazing. So let me just set the face up real fast because uh, I have to reset the IP address for that because it it changed. So one moment while I do that. Give you a little taste, and then we'll jump right back in and you can uh, have some fun.
0: Hey David, so you uh you want to talk about some of the jobs that we actually have? I mean, I know that we're loyalists and uh, stuff.
1: Do you, Do you want to talk about some of the jobs? Because that, that's usually what my it's usually my go to line that my wife uses when she wants to do something.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I'm sure <laughs> we, we better talk about something, right? Because Well,
1: sure. So, I mean, right now we have, uh, I mean, the, the big thing is Web3 developers and blockchain engineers, and we have some, uh, a, quite a, I think a couple of needs for CTOs or head of engineering type roles. Where preferably the 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 roles or the companies are asking for people who can who can code, but also really have the ability to lead teams um, from a macro standpoint as well. Which is which is, I mean, not that they can't be found, but you're asking for two different people in one role, so to speak. You know, you usually don't find a manager and a technician rolled into one, which is makes it a harder search.
0: Yeah. So what makes the uh, this space so? So challenging to recruit for it, but in a good way, is is that the people who actually are doing the hiring, they haven't hired the same person for the last 10 years, right, where they've hired 50 of them over the course of their career. And there's a lot of people that say, well, we need this thing, but we don't know what this thing is. And specifically when it comes to the chief technology officer, if you are a, a CTO who can program, or let me say it this way, if you are a badass programmer who actually knows that you have the leadership skills to be a CTO, then you need to contact us because if you if you actually have experience with web three, okay, or any 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 type of layer one type oriented thing then we will get you paid, okay? And I'm not talking about we'll get you paid in, in, in fiat, but we'll get you paid in tokens. Yeah. But we'll, the the opportunity of saying, hey, I really did this. I'm going to go back to construction. Right. Right? There's our friend Tyler Dillon. Shout out to Tyler Dillon. We still love you so much, even though we don't work in construction anymore. But he's one of the smartest uh, project execs, VPs I've ever spoken to. And he was talking about this property in Florida that he built from the ground up. And when you look at it, you can't even describe what the shape is. He says, that is my thing. And so you're, if you're a CTO or if you think you've got what it takes to program as a CTO and you're not a CTO yet, you need to call me. All right. Are we back? We're back. We're back. All right. Let's go. What's up guys. Oh my God. I, 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 I'm not, I would do this such justice. (laughs) And if you're not watching this on YouTube, this is wow. so great. So let's let's talk about. It. So it's, it's it's a Caesar from Planet of the Apes meets Jim Carrey from whoa, The Mask whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, whoa. meets the Joker from whoa, Batman. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't like that. I <laughs> mean. So this is this is our brand ambassador. He's named Unit Two Fifty Six.
0: Okay, he's Unit Two Fifty Six. That's a better analogy. I just I can <laughs> I, I can't even describe this. This is so amazing. He looks like uh, the
1: T one thousand with, or no, the Terminator two with this like part of his face on, right? Yeah. That's that's what he reminds me of.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah just except
1: the, he's got purple hair instead of like uh, Schwarzenegger's
0: hair. Is this an avatar that you actually created? You decided, hey, this is how I'm going to occur, or do you change
2: it? Uh, this is our personal avatar that we created. Yeah. All
0: right. Oh, okay. So this, this this isn't specific just to you.
2: Well, well, it is specific just to me, basically, for the purposes of uh, Sombra, but. I guess effectively, you know, it's it's the proof of concept avatar for our series, and sort of like the level of quality that people can expect from the three D versions of our avatars. So I think that that's kind of the the point to take away from it.
0: It's it's I'm speechless.
2: Mm -hmm. Really,
0: it's really uh, looks uh,
1: like a looks like a character out of a like that uh, movie series Pusher. You ever seen that series? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about.
2: No, I, I haven't seen that. That sounds interesting. Though. Yeah, tell
1: me about it. Uh, it's ju- it's just like a like Central European mafia type movie, except it's just it's super violent. I mean, it's just it's just uh, and it's just a different like dark noir mafia genre, if you ask me. I I, I only really know about it because I had a buddy. I have a buddy. Uh, his name is Roy, Roy Delaney. He's a director, movie guy, uh, and he was. He, Anytime he could watch a movie, he would watch movies, watch them to analyze them, and, you know, that kind of thing. So that's what he does. He's a film guy.
0: So what? what's the name of this 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 person we're visiting with right now? Uh,
2: this is Unit 256, uh, also known as the blacksmith. The, so
0: the blacksmith. Okay. So he, uh, he softens that metal, and he bends it as he sees fit.
2: Yeah, yeah that's a good analogy, yeah. I guess. You know, okay. he's... He bends both ways, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so, <laughs> so
0: uh, and that's cool too. So, uh, <laughs> right, too. So, uh, what's his personality? What's he saying right now? I mean, other than the obvious.
2: Uh, I don't know. He just wants to talk about Sombra. You know, he just wants people to know all about the project. All right. He wants you guys to know about the tech behind why his face is moving and how his body's moving and some of the partnerships that he's been able to hang out with and get sorted out. He also needs to get his chest fixed though. So I need to do that real fast.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't even (laughs) notice. (laughs) We didn't even notice. So, so Brandon, what do you, as we're, as we're coming to an end here, what do you think the future of jobs in uh, the space of NFT and crypto is? What do you think it's looking like?
2: Um, I think that there's, you know, a lot of different types of jobs that are going to exist soon. I think... You know, there's going to be jobs in the metaverse as characters, as vloggers. you know, doing what I'm doing right now, being an actor. People that are actors are going to have jobs in the metaverse being personalities, which is pretty cool. You're going to have people who are, you know, making all this content, visual effects studios, independent artists, you know, people that are building up their own teams to be metaverse content creators. You know, you've seen an explosion on Fiverr over the last like, I don't know year year and a half and that's been mainly due i think to cryptocurrency because people are looking to get into it in like a different way you know so they're looking to get artists that they don't have access to you know and they're having to go through these mediums but that's what somber's here for we're here to offer people better quality and the opportunity to work with you know top level metaverse creators
0: put up the social for them again right there yeah this is so fantastic Branded. I can't thank you Dude, enough. this is awesome. This, this, I, I had no idea what I was rolling up on. I just, I did it. And if you're not watching it on YouTube, I really feel bad for you. I do. This is, <laughs>
1: if you're not watching on YouTube, go watch it on YouTube.
0: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> this is really good. Anyhow, uh, thank you so much for actually joining us today and being on our show.
2: I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. And I hope that you guys have me or Unit 256 back soon. No,
0: it'll be Unit 256. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he's more interesting. Uh, oh, right. oh, hey, 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 I don't like more that. I don't like that. Like you said to me, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. You're very interesting. Anyhow, yeah. anyhow hey, uh, Travis, our engineer, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Coming to you live from Sticky Paws Studio. What's your, your, <laughs> what's, what's your scratch? You got your... Uh, the, uh,
2: the It's like uh, the, the paw <laughs> scratch? I don't yeah. know what you're yeah.
0: asking. Sh- show uh, the thing on the screen. Oh, this thing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, Thank thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I I guess I I heard it from afar because it sounded like a burp when I heard it. (laughs) To uh, Dave Hampton, the Robo Recruiter.
1: Eternally grateful.
0: Thank you so much. much. I'm David James, the Job Whisperer. And remember, everybody, get to Whisper.